Hi, Tara Christie, President and CEO of Banyan Gold. Great to see you again, Matthew. Um, you know, Banyan Gold is advancing our ORMAC project. We're now well-funded, three drills turning and uh, planning a really exciting 2022. You can expect a resource update in Q2 2022. Uh, and you know, we're already at 25,000 meters today for this year, targeting over 30,000 meters and we'll drill over 30,000 meters next year. So very exciting times for Banyan and certainly a transformative year for us. Tara, lovely to see you again. I haven't seen you since uh, July, was it July? You, you, were, you showed us around the camp, your high vis. Yeah, I remember. I think that was great. It was nice to actually see say other business. But the reason I'm calling up is you put out some press release. You've got these lovely uh, wide uh, intervals, you know, of you know good grades. So you must you must be kind of pleased with the way that's going, and three drills turning as well. So why don't you give us an update in terms of what's happening in the field, um, and, and we'll kind of get into it after that. So yeah, since we saw you, we really we did that financing, brought in sixteen million dollars, and 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 that's really transformed us because we now know what we're going to do for this year and next year. And, and we've been doing a lot of planning, um, doing some risk assessments, understanding where our greatest risks are to slowing our project down and our program and putting those things in place, hiring people. You know, we have the advantage in that we're drilling through the fall and, and, and the winter. You know, we have three drills turning right now. Uh, we took a lot of time to plan to actually uh, get set up for that and to continue to drill through the winter. And we're, you know, other people are shutting down. We're able to, to hire more people to add to our team. I think it's really setting us up well for 2022. Well, it is actually, look, you know, I, 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 okay. Maybe let's start with this actually, because I think I did want to talk about the drill results and you know, how, how you go, how you've gone about um, allocating your capital that you've raised, but maybe start with this. You're a different company now from the one I spoke to a year ago where you were, you know, tiny company, not a lot of capital, an idea of what you wanted to do. No one's paying attention. It was a tough gig, right? And you needed to behave a certain way there to try and get noticed. You had to be frugal with capital. With 16 million bucks in the bank, you can, you're going to need to behave a, a different way because you need to paint a different picture to the marketplace. So that 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 um, change in uh, philosophy in the company. Can you can you describe what what you think you were and what you need to, to now be? Sure. You know, back when we were a five million market cap pre-resource in in you know May of last year, you know, expectations were all of our money focused on exploration. You know, and, and maximizing the the number of ounces we would get. And, and while we're still focusing on spending our money well and maximizing ounces. There's a lot more that we need to be focusing on. Now we need to be taking the ESG side much more seriously. We need to be uh, getting our workforce uh, because we are going to be very busy. We need a reliable and uh, and trained workforce. Um, a lot more investors now. And now that we're you know 60 million market cap company, um, there's a lot more expectations, and many of our investors want to see how we're doing and how we're ranking. And, and we're doing a lot of that, and we have been doing a lot of that. Uh, when we were a smaller company, but not necessarily reporting on it. Now we need to actually uh, show people what we're doing and demonstrate it, as well as 
you know, ramp up. Three drills is a significant change in the infrastructure that, that we had when we were a smaller company and we had one drill. Um, you know, we need more space. We need to put some money into things like internet in camp and the space in camp, the number of rooms. Uh, setting up for winter drilling means, you know, preparing for that. Yes, it's very possible to drill right through the winter, but you need heaters. You need to be able to plug your vehicles in and you need enough generator power. You know, there's all the little details and uh, that we're taking a lot of time to try and get some of that right. And ultimately that will save us money. So um, in, in what we're doing, um, roads, you know, where are we planning for roads? Are we talking with the First Nation about what our plans are to make sure that we stay on side? Um, are we, you know, maximizing what we're drilling in the winter where it's swampy versus the stuff you can dry it when it's, uh, when it's you know, um, not frozen and will be dry? Where are our water sources? You know, we put in wells so that we have water uh, for when things freeze up. Do we have heated water tanks? All of that takes a lot of logistics and planning. And I think that's something that our team does really well and will you know, put us uh, ahead of others. Um, you know, being able to drill through the winter lets us advance this very, very quickly. You know, we showed when we were a smaller company, our technical team is spot on. Our geological model is telling us where to follow this mineralization. We focused on power line this year because of how exciting it is. And it's still open in all directions. You know, we're chasing it to the east and to the west and a little bit more to the north because we're seeing some higher grade, longer intercepts uh, than to the south. Uh, but, you know, there's there's still lots of work to be done there. We're also doing a little bit of infill drilling this fall so that we understand the variography and what it's going to take to convert this from an inferred resource, uh, which will also set us up and really tell us more about the mineralization and the deposit. So, you know, we're combining adding ounces with the science um, as well as metallurgy, you know, we've expanded our metallurgical program, we're doing columns, we're doing more bottle rolls, uh, we're, we're evaluating what we did in our baseline environmental work and what more we need to do, what data we can get from our two neighbors and our big shareholders, Victoria Gold and Alexco, what would we need to do to fill in for permitting, uh, making sure we're communicating with the First Nation, uh, both on what we've done this year, what we're planning to do next year, and, and what the realistic expectations are for our project as we move through the next few years. So, you know, all of that work takes a lot of effort. Um, and then on the ESG side, what we're doing to be visible to the community uh, is really important. And it's something we're putting a lot of our effort this fall into. So if it, look, it feels a lot more real. And we, we've had a few chats now, and we, we've seen it kind of grow, right? So, but it feels a lot more real. There's a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more you need to be in control of and, and manage. Um, with regards to the money bit, though, you, you've gone to raise $16 million. You went out, You went out for just under 12, raised 60 million, so, so that's good news. What sort of money came in? Was there more institutional now as they're starting to see this story built? Well, one of the major shareholders was Franklin Golden Precious Metals. They're now a 7% shareholder, and you know they really are of value. Uh, they want long-term value, invest in, in gold, um, also cared about the ESG, several institutions. There weren't actually a lot of um, investors in the financing. Um, it really was, we really wanted long-term holders who were going to add, add value as shareholders. Um, very limited amount of, of flow through, um, you know, almost a half a million of that was, was to me. So um, I wanted to maintain my five and a half percent. Victoria Gold's at 12%, Alexco at seven, Cisco Development's at five, and Franklin at seven. So that's a really strong shareholder base. 
uh, we think, which is setting us up well for for next year and, and beyond. What, what were the terms of the deal? Just 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 remind me. What what did you raise? Because I'm sort of intrigued. I had a conversation earlier this week with someone who said they just received a, a chunk of change from institutions, and their big driver was you've got to have got your ESG nailed. And if you've got your ESG nailed, we'll carry on with the rest of the conversation. But I'm not proceeding unless I understand what you've done and if it's up if it meets our criteria. And it did. And the money was cheaper, right? So that, that, that's when you sort of move further down into the development stage. That's the kind of benefit of the ESG component, as you, as you were talking about. But in terms of, can you give us a sort of background of, um, sorry, can you give us an understanding of what the 60 million cost you? And do you think you could have gone and got more? Do you need any more? Well, I think we could have got more, but it wouldn't have been as good of a deal for our shareholders. It would have been at a lower back end price. So, you know, we did, the, the back end was 28 cents. The front end of the charity flow through was 38 cents and 35 cents in the regular flow through and only 2 million of the regular flow through. So not a whole lot um, out in flow through. And, and that's typically the stuff that you see sell in four months. Um, I think we've held up really well. That financing was done at a, a pretty good price to our market price. Uh, no warrants, uh, which is also unusual. So I think if we'd, uh, and, and partly it was because of our ESG, you know, many of those shareholders that, that came in in that financing did want us to walk through their, their ESG, know what we were doing and, and uh, you know, get some evidence that we're actually doing that. And so, you know, I think we could have raised more money at lower prices, but we don't need more money. This is a really comfortable place for us to be. Um, we have a great work program planned for this year and for next year. We're doing lots of work to uh, de-risk the actual work. You know, you hear all this cost, this talk about inflation, lack of people, um, supply chain issues. Well, now we can plan ahead. We're ordering in inventory. We're making sure we have enough fuel storage so that, you know, we, we don't unnecessarily get shut down. We're hiring the people that we need for next year. We're signing our drill contract for next year so that we have our drills guaranteed. So, you know, that that's a real advantage for us to have that security and to be able to do all of this planning up front for next year. Um, you know, and, and it is a change because before we, you know, what do you mean buy four extra filters? You know, and now it's like, yes, we know how many we're gonna need. Let's just order it safe time. We don't have to go and order that. Those are really small expense, um, you know, just as, as one example. But, you know, when you're able to take a lot of that busy work off because you've done it pre-planned it's going to make us more efficient uh, and it's going to protect us from those supply issues if they and inflation issues if they continue to raise their head it's, it's a really interesting time at the moment for for people and companies that have, with management teams who've been through it before or you know got got the individuals who've done them you know for it's it's a little bit easier to navigate what are quite choppy waters because we're seeing a lot of this uh, just-in-time philosophy of the past really coming up against the wall uh, the harbour wall here because they're being they're being battered because they can't get the materials they want from outside and if they can there are long lead times to that and things are getting more expensive. You talk about inflation, you know we, we we've seen that with transportation, but also also you know um, some of the items that are being ordered too. Um, so I think it's it it's a different mentality needed now. You you've got to, as you talked you talked about fuel or filters or whatever you need to have it. You need to have an inventory running now, which is doesn't seem efficient, but if you don't, it could be quite perilous. But well, it could be. Can you imagine if you have three drills turning and you can't get the fuel in that you need and then you've got people sitting around with it. So, you know, having a little bit more storage is actually really important uh, in that planning. And you know, 2 years ago we couldn't do that because we didn't have the additional money 
to invest in that sort of stuff. So it saved us money, um, but now we do. So, uh, you know, growing our team, I've hired somebody to help with communications, both on the community and the investor side. And, you know, it takes a little time for them to get their feet running, but I think going into 2022, we're gonna be well positioned for that. Operationally, we're getting the right people in place to, you know, be able to drill efficiently, deal with a larger uh, number of people in our camp, uh, manage that, look after our assets and the things that we've, we've rented from contractors to be able to, to operate. Uh, that's all, all really important and ultimately it's going to put us in, in good standing. It's a, it can't be underestimated how much the actual management of the program is important. Um, the science, and again, we, we take the time. We're taking the time to take a step back. Let's think about what we actually want to do. From, let's wait for those columns before we start the next work, whatever that is, if we're going to do more columns, are we going to do more model rules? We, we have a bit of time now, so we can actually use the information we're getting and, um, and plan ahead, which is, you know, we always were very efficient in our drill program, picking our spots based on where our geological model, uh, looking at our core, you know, even when you get a bigger program, you need to make sure that you have your geos go look at every hole before you plan the next holes. And sometimes some programs, you know, they're just so overwhelmed, busy drilling, they, they don't make sure that they're, they're actually checking uh, with what they have and they wait till they get the assays back. Well, we, we can tell when we have sheeted veins in the, or visible gold in core and, um, you know, power lines had a lot more visible gold than we've seen before. And so, you know, that, that helps guide us without having to wait for the assays. And yeah, you know, talking to the labs, with the times have really slowed down now. And, and so we haven't put out as many drill results as we'd like. We're still waiting for those results from Orex Hill. Um, it doesn't concern me. Um, you know, we've got lots of targets. Power line continues to be open, but I want to get a better deal for next year and get some guaranteed timelines from the lab. Um, so, you know, we're working with them as well. And I appreciate they have people problems. It, there seems like the, the labor positions are the biggest problem for drillers, for labs, for us. So let's, let's help them get that problem solved um, and get them to, to actually commit to some timelines for next year because that will help us. So just talking about managing expectations for mostly for retail, okay, because it, there's, a, there's a change in the the arena in which you guys play and, and, and operate in, in the sense that lead times are taking a little bit longer. The just-in-time stuff doesn't work. You've got to spend money building inventory. So it still sits there on, on, the, on the balance sheet, uh, whichever line item you, you put those things. But the money's getting spent up front. No, sorry. You've raised some money and so, more of that's being spent up front because the just-in-time stuff doesn't work anymore, right? But the, the assets are still there on, on, the, on the balance sheet. Do you think that retail investors need to think differently about or, or the way that they value companies because of this change in the way that you need as miners need to manage your business in this type of environment where you are having to secure maybe slightly more expensive staff, maybe more staff than you normally normally would. And, and of, you know, for companies like you specifically, where you're moving from you know early stage exploration into you know a slightly more sophisticated exploration business. So is, is, that, is that a kind of expectation management which you need to help uh, retails under, retail investors understand? I, I think so. You know, because we're funded, we're not waiting for the next press release, um, you know, and we're not rushing to finance. Um, that lets us be able to really spend the time thinking about what we're doing and putting the time and effort into our, our programs and our planning. You know, I'm 
personally, I would be concerned about companies that are waiting till next year. I don't know if they'll be able to get drills or people. Um, you know, certainly this year there was huge pressure on companies, uh, even that had signed their drill contracts early, to be able to execute on their programs, either to get the people or the drills. Um, so I, I think that it is a, a huge advantage. It's something that I look for in things that I invest right now um, beyond Banyan. I'm, a, of course, a big investor in Banyan, but I do uh, look at other companies and uh, follow their stories. So I think it is a significant risk for, for some countries. I also think, you know, people are starting to look to first world countries um, some of the you know issues in places where you might see nationalization of assets or or increased pressures because of debt uh, that that's a worry as well. So I, I think you know we're in a tier one jurisdiction. We've got two mines that have been permitted right beside us in the, the last few years. We've got a, a knowledgeable First Nation that understands mining, understands the risks and wants to see responsible development, which you know that's on us to show that we're responsible, we're following the rules, we're exceeding the best practices. Um, so that you know that's what sets your project up long-term to be able to go through the development um, process in, in a first world country. So you need to do that. It's really important and you can't leave it to just before you're going to get the permit. You need to do that well in advance, uh, get your social license uh, to operate. No, I, I definitely understand that. I think you, you, we, we've had some great conversations in the past about that. But with the money, you're doing you're, you know, you're doing your drilling program. Some of the numbers are great, 145 meters at 0.74. You got 100, over 110 uh, meters at 0.62. These are, these are huge, huge uh, intervals for you, um, but you're doing that in the context of assay uh, labs not being able to tell you exactly what you've got. And I, I appreciate what you're saying um, with regards to being able to see some of the visible goal, and you, you, you've got some ideas about how you go about it, but do you feel like you should slow it down a bit until the assays catch up, or do you think that you've got the right technical expertise to be able to say, hey, let's crack on in these areas because I want to put out, or I'm under some pressure to put out a resource update. Do you feel under pressure? No, I'm, you know, I, I'm really quite confident in what our team has been able to achieve. Um, always disappointed in the lab stuff because it's, you want that, you know, you want the results, but, you know, quite frankly, our geological model is, is pretty robust. And we redesigned our drill program after you know, the lab started to slow down to focus on areas, particularly power line to the east and the west, uh, and then that infill where we knew that we would be able to continue to add a lot of value. So yes, we're waiting for Oryx Hill. We're not going back to Oryx Hill until we get those results so we understand how the mineralization is occurring there and, uh, and where to go next. And, it, and also, you know, in the wintertime, that's a little bit more challenging to drill there. So um, it is possible and we can get ourselves set up for that. But we want to get those results back before we go there. And thankfully, we have enough targets. We've got such a large area. You know, we're focused on roughly a four by five kilometer area, which you contain airstrip, power line and Oryx Hill. And within that, there's lots of targets. Um, you know, we'll try and get to some of the regional stuff next summer. Um, which, you know, we've got other targets on our property, the, the Nitro property, which is just dead to the west. Uh, we did some soils on that. And we're getting those soil results back and we've got time now to think about it. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what we're being able to do uh, this fall. And the weather's been terrific. So it hasn't been very cold yet, which has been a big advantage for us. So tell me about the planning going forward. I mean, what, what can we expect to see? Because you've, you know, you've got potentially, you know, Three, three pits here, potentially, right? You've got 
you can do you can go and drill anywhere you want in any order that, that, that you see fit in the context of not really having as much information uh, back as quickly as possible from from assay labs how what what kind of guidance are you giving to the market and saying here's how I think we're gonna come at this we we need to we're gonna paint a picture for you which is of a company which is going to be what I mean I, I'm just sort of intrigued because you have to be agile, you have to be nimble, you have to adjust to market conditions, but at the same time, you need to kind of keep delivering stories in what is a kind of a pretty pressured, precious metal market at the moment. This year has been quiet, that's been muted uh, for precious metal. So what do, you, what do you do? Well, I think we need to show that we have the scale of deposit for this to be a standalone project. And, you know, when Victoria Gold permitted, they had 2 million ounces in reserve, grade 0.63. I think because of the precious metals market, and I, I think the new number that you need to have for a project to be a standalone project in our jurisdiction in the Yukon is probably 3 million ounces. So, you know, that I think getting up to that scale is our next priority. Uh, continue to drill, show that in, in terms of inferred resource, there's the potential for that and more. And you need blue sky potential. I mean, we have large land package. So, so we have that. So first step is to get to there and demonstrate that. Um, and you know, we, we're doing the other work about understanding what it would take, where you might put infrastructure, because eventually we're going to want to start drilling places that don't have mineralization so we can find places for infrastructure, um, which, you know, not yet. But we're planning ahead for that now. Uh, we're already doing some conceptual planning. Maybe it's three pits. Maybe maybe Powerline and Lawrence Hill are connected. Uh, maybe it's one pit. Maybe you start one side. And so, you know, looking at those various scenarios and reasonably thinking through. And when you've got time to do that, it gives you more opportunity to think through various scenarios, look at different options, um, and then, you know, field check things. So I think that's, you know, where we are planning to start our PEA next year after we put out that resource um, and so we want to have done that advanced work. And because we want to start doing some of the baseline environmental, in the Yukon, you need three years of baseline environmental work before you go into the environmental assessment and permitting process. We started last year. Uh, we did a program this year. We need to look at that, make sure that we're covering enough areas and we're getting the right things. Are we missing something that's going to be a showstopper? Uh, and that's all part of our bigger picture risk analysis of, of what we need to do. Ultimately, we're adding value by adding ounces getting to that 3 million threshold. Secondly, we're adding quality of ounces. So, you know, there's a, a value, whatever it is in this current time in the market for ounces in the ground, but then there's the quality of those ounces. Are you in a jurisdiction where you can permit that project? Do you have infrastructure? Um, uh, you know, have you shown that it's recoverable? Have you done the metallurgy? Have you done the baseline environmental? Have you done the ESG? So that's the value add. So, you know, if you're going to re-rate, and, and I think 2022 is going to, you're going to see the good companies in, in the precious metal space re-rate based on, on those two factors, the total ounces in the ground, and then the quality of those ounces, which encompasses all those other aspects of the project. And so have we captured all of them? You know, we've started our risk register and, and we look at what those key items are moving the project forward. And, and that's, uh, you know, having time through this winter to do that is, is really valuable. No, I agree with you. It, it, I think next year is, is about fundamentals. Um, you know, answers on the ground is good. Um, I mean, it, there's a kind of old adage, and I'm not sure it holds true necessarily all the time, which is, you know, great as king. But I think it's amount of contained metal in the ground is, is 
determine uh, should determine the economics of something. So, what what are you going to be able to do with sixteen million? You, you, yeah, I think you've you've written somewhere that it well you're funded into twenty twenty three. But what's that actually? What's your target for what that's going to be able to do for you in twenty twenty two in terms of ounces? Well, you talking about maybe three million is the target, but do you think you could realistically get to three million ounces with sixteen million bucks? Well, you know, I'm I think. Yeah, I think it's absolutely realistic to get there. Um, you know, when you look at the geology on the property and how much we've already expanded power line, the prospectivity at Oryx Hill. Um, so we'll drill 30,000 plus meters this year. We're not, we don't have a hard limit. If we can get extra meters this year, we will. And then we'll drill 30,000 meters plus next year. We'll pick a date from our drilling this year when, you know, this is the assays we're going to uh, put in that resource update, but then we'll keep drilling because we know that, you know, things continue to be open. Um, we don't want to slow down, but we do want to show the market where we are in Q2 next year. Um, and then, you know, get started on all that other work outside of that and then start our PEA and we're funded for all of that. So at least 30,000 meters we're planning for, for next year. Um, which, you know, we've already, I'm meeting uh, later this week to get our drill contract organized uh, on that. We've already been in discussion. So, um, you know, I think it is realistic that we'll be able to do that program next year. So, and just remind me again that with the infill, you're planning how much infill drilling in all of this and to what end? Really to understand the variography. So just one small area, um, and on our website, we do have our drill maps. We've got basically a star pattern uh, in the north east end of power line where we're infill drilling at 25 meter spacings to understand it's a small program um, just to really understand the geology and how the mineralization is occurring and what it's going to take to later convert this um, to measured and indicated um, and then we're most of it we're still focused on those 100 meter space and space uh, step out to the east and the west and then continuing to go to the north so you know the power line area to the east there you know towards oryx hill we saw lots of VG and a lot of those holes, um, lots of those nice VG photos on our on our website. Um, and, you know, we're continuing to follow up on that. And um, so far, we haven't found an, an edge to, to power line. So um, there's just lots of targets around. Brilliant. Sorry, like, um, keep focusing on those fundamentals. Uh, so it, it's impressive what you've done in the last year. Um, and stay in touch and let us know how you get on. I've got one last question, which is, um, how is every student every day? How's that going? It's great. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have some exciting news. I'm, I'm going to Whitehorse this week to actually do some presentations uh, for students um, who participated in our water bottle contest, um, as well as some of the projects we funded. And we're going to be announcing we're giving out more money than ever in response to COVID, in response to what we're seeing in Canada for the, the push really for reconciliation on the education level. And uh, so we're really excited about that. You know, I've been working on it for almost 10 years now and finally starting to get some, some real momentum at a time when it's most needed. You know, We gave out $150,000 last year, we had $400,000 in demand. We're, ex we're expecting unprecedented de demand. And you know, I think we're gonna have over $300,000 to give out this year. So very excited about that. 